everyone. Welcome back to the Psalm 40 Project. Today, I have the special privilege of interviewing Jolene DeHere. And Jolene, you and I, have, uh, we've gotten to know each other over the last couple years pretty well. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Jolene and I, we've done serve for mm. four years? Together. I'm, yeah, I think five you've been years? here. Maybe five. You've been here a while. Yeah. So Bob roped me in to do all the audio video for serve and... Uh, we've been working on that together and then other side projects as you've been on council and mm -hmm. chairing committees and other things like that. Um, Jolene is the, the prayer warrior I aspire <laughs> to be. And Thank I'm you. Sure, Thank I'm you. sure many people uh, know that about you. So Thank you. Uh, let's just sort of jump in. Okay. We're going to um, give us just a brief introduction, who you are. Um, I know you aren't from Michigan. You aren't from the CRC. So no. maybe give us a little bit of uh, background on that and okay. just uh, kind of fill in some of the details for us. All right. Well, um, you're right. I did not I did not even grow up in a Christian home, but uh, and when I was 19, I accepted Christ as my Savior. And then uh, several years after that, I met something called a Dutchman, <laughs> uh, and he had the name of David DeHere. I uh, had graduated college and uh, with a degree in medical technology and was working at the Mayo Clinic. Okay. And Dave came there between his undergraduate and graduate year of school. And I promptly fell in love with this little Dutch boy. <laughs> who, was he little though? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, um, and, and then he brought me into the Christian Reformed Church, which I'm so profoundly grateful for. Nah. Um, I can't imagine being anything but CRC. I love the theology. I love, I remember Reverend Philip Koch in the San Diego CRC was the one who opened up the catechism to me for the first time okay. and to this day it is still the most exciting document I've ever read oh, really? and I just everything reformed yeah. I love I love church polity which I know drives some people do not understand I love synod I love being on council I love going to classes I, I just love what it means to be reformed why why is that if you don't mind me asking is it the structure or like having a tradition to kind of fall back on or that's part of it, having foundation. Because mm -hmm. of my uh, upbringing, I did not have a loving, uh, firm foundation. And so in the church, I found um, a place of safety, a place of belonging, a place of acceptance. And in the Christian Reformed Church particularly, I found um, an authenticity and an integrity to combine the truth of God with the grace of God mm. in a way that touches lives and transforms people. And so um, I love the, I do love the structure of it. Yeah. I love the fact that there are people who have gone before us mm. who have laid this foundation. Um, I remember my first time at Synod, I was so overwhelmed with how we could all come from all these different places and yet we could we maybe disagree. <clears throat> but yet that, that foundation of the scripture and the, the grace of God that permeated that place was how decisions were made. Okay. And, and it had a global effect. Mm -hmm. And so that excites me to see our little denomination having this huge impact. Huh. I'm thinking of other interviews <laughs> we might have with you down the road. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's really interesting. I know, I, I, and I know that you, you really enjoy serving the church. Mm. Um, being on council, mm -hmm. serving as chairs of different uh, committees, being on any committee. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody will have me, pretty much. Yeah. Keep yourself very busy. Yeah. Um, but what what was it that kind of drew you to LaGrave? Mm -hmm. You said that you um, were introduced to the CRC, but was that directly related to coming to LaGrave, or was that 
back when you were in California still? Or? That was still California. And then we moved um, to Grand Rapids so my husband could teach at Calvin in 85. Okay. But, uh, and we joined another church, but we were um, a little um, dissatisfied there. Okay. And I remember the first time I spoke at Serve was 1993. And so the second day of Serve, we had worship. Okay. And I remember just being so filled with awe and wonder that I'd been in the presence of God. Mm. And so I called my husband up immediately when church was done. And I go, I've just been in the presence of God. We have got to come to this church. You've got to see this. You've got to experience it. And, and David, of course, adored Stan Mast and, and his great intellect. And, yeah. um, and then the other thing that was very key was that being a woman with my gift set in the Christian Reformed Church back in the day, I've been in ministry for about 40, 44 years, was not easy. But yeah. LaGrave um, welcomed me with open arms with my gifts, affirmed my gifts, mm. and allowed me to use my gifts. Okay. And so that, that was huge. Just and all right. these things kind of working together. Exactly, and the commitment to being a church in the city. Yeah. Um, we were very drawn to that. And, um, and so that was yet another thing that drew us to LaGrave and have not been a bit sorry since. <laughs> yeah, so that I means 95 you said mm -hmm, was about yeah. the time you guys started here? Right, yes. That, that's awesome. Yes. Um, so you, you know, you've been at the church for um, quite a bit. How has your, your ministry, um, the things that you um, long for when it comes to being a part of God's mm -hmm. mission here, how has that sort of change? What did that look like when you maybe first started and okay. how has it sort of evolved? Um, That's a very good question. Um, well, my passion for many years has been and continues to be um, teenagers. I adore them so much and I have this deep passion that they know Jesus Christ yeah. and they know how incredible God's grace is, that they know who they are in Him. And so uh, when we first started here, the, I was primarily involved with the with wasn't crew then, but crew, and uh, until just a few years ago, I was I was a youth leader here. Okay. But um, <clears throat> after my husband passed, um, the Lord just opened up some other doors of ministry for me here. Yeah. Um, and as a, a widow now, I have a lot more free time, <laughs> and I've always mentored young women. Um, I used to about five or so for many many years. Okay. Um, but. As after Dave passed, 20 different young women have come up to me and asked me to be their mentor. Oh, okay. So I, I have this honor and privilege of walking alongside 20 young women um, who bless me beyond all words and, and just add such depth and, and joy to my life. The other thing that has been happening is um, this passion for prayer. Mm. And as I learned more about prayer and uh, entered into it myself as I developed a deeper relationship with God. It was I just had this passion to share it with other people and give, and to give the whole congregation opportunities to enter into prayer. Yeah. It's not that this is not a praying congregation because it really, really is. Mm -hmm. But what are different, maybe unique ways that we can join together as the family of God to support each other in prayer? So I think the mentoring and the prayer have been two key parts of um, how the ministry has evolved to some degree. I mean, there's always been the speaking and the writing, which are just kind of my jobs. <laughs> but <laughs> but the ministry at the, at the church is the mentoring and the, and the prayer ministry. I know more of your story than we're talking about uh -huh. here today. And I find it very interesting that you are drawn to um, mentoring, especially uh, just given your background and the lack of 
um, a, a, a very caring and hospitable environment to mm -hmm. grow up in and, and having those people to come and support you. Um, and in, and now you're using yourself mm. to be that for other people. Um, can you just talk a little bit more about what it means to be a mentor? Um, what does that look like um, in your Christian walk and okay. how you've sort of developed um, these, the, these relationships and what do those relationships mean? Okay. Thank you. I really like that question because it is um, truly a huge blessing and I, 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 I will never ever, I hope I never, I pray I never ever lose the sense of um, gratitude that these women are giving me their trust okay. and they're allowing me to enter into this, uh, the gentle, maybe wounded parts of their hearts mm. and their lives and they trust me with their thoughts. And so it is, it is a huge gift and a great honor that I, that I cherish uh, very, very much. I've found that <clears throat> the thing that I've, I try to do, I think as a mentor, is mostly a listening. It's, it's a gift of presence and of listening. Okay. Um, I don't come as the person who knows it all, and I don't come with, you know, read six, these six scriptures and everything yeah. will be great. It's, I, I think yeah. that that's important to, to the mentorship partnership is that you don't, and I think maybe sometimes people think, oh, I've got to be the one with all the answers. Mm -mm. So. In fact, it's sometimes more powerful to say, you know what, I don't know the answer to that, so let's look it up together. Okay. Yeah. And so then that gives them some buy-in to it, and, and it shows that you don't have to know, and it's okay not to know, and, and it's okay to question, and it's okay to doubt, and it's okay to be angry with God. Mm -hmm. um, so the gift of presence is, um, is huge. I spend more time. I, I I know more coffee shops in this town than you can imagine, <laughs> um, and but the listening part. But then the other part for me is not to give them answers, but what I try to give them are tools to hear God. Okay. And and how to because I'm not always going to be there for them, but yeah. He will. Yeah. So how do how do they discern God's will in this stage of their life or whatever they're going through? And so I, I try to always point them to the cross. I try to point them to Jesus Christ and um, give them lifelong tools like, you know, learning to, to listen to God through a prayer discipline like Lectio Divina, for instance, yeah. or the prayer of examine and, and helping them have those things at their hands so that later on when something happens, they've got that to help them draw and hear God and, and then listen to Him. And, and it's just it's just loving unconditionally, which is it's not rocket science, <laughs> but it's something we all need. Yeah. Right. Well, and I, and I think that to some degree, maybe for some people, it is rocket science. Yeah. Like they don't they may not they may not even know what that looks like. Right. Right. Um, and to have somebody step in and just show them love um, in an unconditional manner, um, that's that's a good reflection of who God is. Right. And that, exactly. That helps. I think changed even maybe their m own mindset about who God is and what God's capable of. Exactly, because they learn to see Him rather than a judgmental, vindictive God, but He is a God of love and grace mm -hmm. and welcome. And I, one of the prayers that I have for our church family is that more people catch this vision. I mean, to make a difference in the life of a young person, you don't have to be a youth leader or, you know, this, uh -huh. you know, hip, cool guy with a man bun and skinny jeans. But if you authentically love just one person, if, and the intergenerational aspect of this, I think, is huge. Mm. I love, I just, I'm very passionate about intergenerational ministry yeah. because I learned from them, especially about technology, <laughs> but, um, but, but I'm just as, I have received just as much grace as anything I can give to them. Yeah. It, it truly is a two-way street. It, and I like that you said that it, like, it is a two-way street and we, 
we learn from each other. Yes. Uh, you know, y you have different life experiences than I do. Right. Um, I might be asking different questions that you may not think of just because of how I'm growing right. up. Right. Um, and I, and I, I think that that's really interesting that we have a church that has like a very big youth group mm -hmm. that there are plenty, and I've, and I've talked to some of them, um, that are interested in having a friendship right. with somebody older. An and older person. willing to yes. give them life advice. Right, and our culture does not permit that. I mean, back in Jesus' day, it was part of the culture. Mm. The young came along and they worked alongside of an older person, but we don't have that. And so we, we need to try to be intentional about making those cross-generational connections. Mm. And, um, and the, the, the kids truly do. They want authentic people who love them. Mm -hmm. And those are two things they look for. The other question they have, they ask, do you love me? And the other thing they ask is, can you handle me? Um, <laughs> and, and sometimes that's going to be... Yeah, and sometimes you need to set parameters, like, okay, this far, no farther. Yeah. But um, so it's, it's mostly just, it's about the hospitality we've been talking about. <laughs> it's opening yourself up and making a space for another person mm. to to just be themselves and, yeah. and help them discover, because an adolescence is a time of discovery, and they don't know who they are. They're trying to determine... They certainly don't want to be mom and dad at that point. Yes. So who who am I? Yeah. And I can say something to one of these young people, the same thing their parents said, but they'll listen to me and not their parent, simply because I'm not their parent. Exactly. And yeah. so every, I just always encourage parents to pray that God will put somebody in their life yeah. who will walk alongside of them. And that's why I love the whole concept of the prayer partners when the children are born. Yeah. That was something I've been want, I for years and years, I'd hoped would happen here. and. And then <clears throat> through the Youth Ed Committee and through the, the, as prayer mentor, then we were able to work that together. So I've been, that has been really exciting for me to see that. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about praying here at okay. LaGrave. What, what are some of the avenues of prayer that are happening, especially some of those that people may not even know about? So right. We have the prayer partners for, for those who are baptized. Right, and so you just, um, uh, you're, and you don't have to like buy gifts and you know all of that. It is about praying and just being there for the family. You, one person per family, and um, you know just making sure you, you talk to these these children as they grow older and and check in with the families at church. How are things going? How can I pray for you? Just keep that relationship yeah. going. Just again, being family, coming together, making space for people. Um, so that that is really a fun way. That, we have the intercessory prayer team that's been about two years old now, and there are 10 dedicated servants who come together, and that has really been exciting. And if anybody wants to, if anybody wants to join, we still have room for more. But um, and that meets on Thursdays, the, uh, the first and third Thursdays at okay. noon, and so that's really neat because we have we pray do the ministry prayers, which are also is one of the new things is sent out electronically. Um, and then we also do the prayers from the insert. Mm -hmm. And but um, the thing that has been really exciting—two things actually. One is the prayers that have come in through the prayer note cards that the people fill out during the service okay. that are in the back of the pews, because a lot of the things that appear in the bulletin are like illnesses or yeah. deaths. Mm -hmm. Um, there are people who are struggling with their children, with their jobs, with addictions, with so many things that you're not going to put in the church bulletin. Yeah, that need a little too public. Yes, and so they need to be kept confidential. And so then 
only the prayer team and the pastors, if it's indicated they want the pastors to know it, know this, and then it stays very confidential. So that has been neat to walk alongside people in some really difficult situations. Yeah. And that has been just a blessing. The other thing um, that has been happening, one of the members suggested that we pray over 10 families oh. every day. Every, oh. I mean, excuse me, every time we meet. And so um, <clears throat> then I take, I've been going through using good old Alexio <laughs> and um, getting, you know, 10 families. And then what I did was I made it, and another member suggested this, made a little card um, that I put in the boxes of the people who were praying for. And, just, and it basically says, just so that you know, the prayer team will be praying for you for the next two weeks. If you have any specific prayer needs, please let, and they put my name in there as a contact person. And we have been getting so much response from that. Oh, really? Um, whether it's an, an, a prayer need or people just saying, thank you. Mm. Thank you for praying for me. I didn't even know that was a thing, and I'm on staff. <laughs> yeah, so, so that, but that's, that's new. That's yeah, brand new. Okay. So that has been really great. And then we also pray for um, three churches from our classes each time and one of the neighborhood churches. Okay. So that's kind of what happens during the prayer time. And it's and we also always begin with listening to Jesus first. We always listen to the Word of God and... Because too often in prayer, it's all about us talking to him. Yeah. It's, and, it, and it's not meant to be a one way. Okay. Yeah. And so we spend time first listening. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's been really, really awesome. So that has been there. Um, of course, you know, the prayer service has just been going on for a long time. Yeah. And it's just, Deb Gorst does a phenomenal job of lining that up. Um, and something new, I guess I could give a little preview. You hear it here okay. first. I'm not even sure what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but I have approval, and um, I put together a 31-day prayer challenge. Okay. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I think you and I talked about it. Oh, that's it. right. We did. I wasn't 100% yeah. sure Okay, but that's where we're going. Anyway, beginning in January, starting January 1, it'll, it'll go out to the whole congregation. Mm. And there'll be a name of a, one of our staff and a Bible verse that they can pray over them. Yeah. So one day we pray over, you know, Peter, one day over you, one day. And so it, the whole congregation comes together to pray God's word upon all of those who give of themselves to us. Yeah. So that'll be coming in January. So yeah. I'm really excited about and that. You and I are going to sit down and do a little bit of an instruction video. Right. Just a little bit of explanation of how to pray over Right. Or pray scripture over somebody. Right. Um, Looking so forward to that. Keep, keep an eye out for that. Notice. Right. Um, and then, of course, we have the um, Journey to the Cross yep. at Lent, which has um, really been a, a real blessing. And, and I've got a ton of other ideas <laughs> that I'm trying to just slowly. <laughs> yeah, and that's, and that's sometimes what people need to start seeing the benefit right. of, of these things and even experience right. themselves to be like, oh, yeah. This is a very important item, a very and important part of our spiritual life. I know, and it, it excites me to see us coming together as family and, and lifting each other up in prayer. Because I know, like when my husband passed, I, I don't know how I could have survived that yeah. without this church family yeah. coming alongside of me. And still, even, even though it's been eight years for me, um, I still need my church family. Yeah. Well, and that's, you also have become part of the widow ministry right. here at, right. at the church, widow, widow, widow connection. Yeah. The one that I do is just for widows. Okay. Um, they, there is a new ministry for widow and widowers, but this is called the widow, widow's connection. And so I, I try to do that about once, maybe twice a year. Yeah. Um, but also, um, I speak at widows conferences and things like that. Yeah. So that's a way, you know, God in his grace took something 
and that was not necessarily pleasant, but is using it for His glory. Yeah. And and so I'm very grateful to get to do that, yeah. and um, yeah. and to have the freedom to do that here. And I really appreciate the support, and Pastor Ruth and the pastoral care committee and the way that they are trying to be creative and think of ways to support widows and widowers. Yeah, it's, um, it's an important topic here at the church. Yeah, it is. We it is. And a friend of mine challenged me too uh, to maybe think about those who have been single all their lives. Oh. Um, you know, and what do we do? How, how do we minister to them with the grace of God? I'd, I'd be curious about that. Yeah, I would too. So <laughs> I love it. I love getting new challenges and new ideas. So yeah. yeah, it's all good. Well, Jolene, that's sort of all the questions I had. Okay. Is there anything else that you'd like to mention? Maybe I didn't ask a question that you uh, feel is pertinent mm -hmm. to our discussion. I can't think of anything right now. Okay, that's fine. I okay, mean, yeah. We're hoping that this this Psalm 40 thing is going to keep going and rolling. And right. We can talk to all kinds of different people, get you back on, get okay. some other people back on. Because there are, uh, people have very, very in-depth stories to tell. Mm -hmm. and we just, we, we can't tell them all in one, right. in right. one video. So, right. uh, folks, thank you so much for tuning in with us and listening to Jolene's story about uh, prayer and mentoring and a little bit about how you came to the church. and. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the impact uh, you're having at our church through God. Um, Thank you. There really, there really is a huge impact. If you, okay. if you guys can't see it, which <laughs> would be strange, uh, just come to serve one day <laughs> and you'll, you'll see it. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, God bless.